Okay, welcome to the new year, new us edition of the Queen City Roundup, where we actually have video. Yeah. Finally got uh, invested in a webcam. Yeah, and you can see my uh, my glare in the background. That's my 100 leaf of all time poster. And I don't know where the glare is even going. I think it's like right on Phil Castle's face, if I can see from here, which is weird that he's even on that list. Did you like, see that picture of uh, of Phil Castle with Arizona? That the like came recently? Up? No, like you no, know, like it just came out like yesterday because they had their media day and all that. I, I I can't remember. I can't remember at all. Uh, so is, good. It, is it is it as good as the Duchesne media pick from a couple years ago where he oh, was just like, oh, this is great. Hating well, life. You're, you're about to see just how great it is. Oh God. All right, show me. I'll put it up in, in the how, video how, when we how, edit how it. I want to see how bald he is. Oh, my God. It's great. Let me see. I'm so curious. It is fantastic. I miss Phil. I think we all do. Let's be realistic. We all do. Um, okay, so I guess I just we'll... sent it to you. Oh, you sent it to me. Okay. Yeah. On, I got I to gotta open my DMs. Give me a secie. Uh, I hate that we're stalling right away, but I have to look <laughs> at this. I thought you already had them open, man. Come oh on. my god, receding hairline. <laughs> Sweet lord. If anything, you know what? He should just, Don't you just want to hug him. I mean, he looks like a little teddy bear, yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, dude, he should just like I don't know. It's just like he like he looks like you want to give him a hug, but at the same time, he looks like he's got like the biggest shit eating grin on his face. Like he's just sitting there like when is his uh, uh <laughs> when does his contract run out? I have, two years I have, from now, I think. I've kept Brindley open. I should just check. And he asks me the question when he has the resources. <laughs> uh, do, you have, do you have the answer to this? Where are you? There you are, Arizona. Let's see. Phil Kessel. In 2022-23, he becomes a free agent. Now, imagine this. He's free agent. Leaf signed him. One year, one million plays on Matthew's wing. Yes or no? Well, I mean, okay. Oh, yeah. That would be Matthew's contract year, right? Because he his current deal would be up afterwards. Because his deal runs until, or, yeah, his deal runs until 23, 24. Mm-hmm. So his deal runs until then. I mean, that would be really interesting. I mean, like, would he still have the wheels? Like, I don't know. And like, because like he's kind of. Phil Kessel in his heyday, no one could go in a straight line faster than him. This is true. Hey, hot dogs are protein, okay? Like, I don't want, I don't want to. Yes. They technically, they pretty much are. Um, yes. But I guess since we're talking about the Leafs, uh, we are actually, this is our first show where we could finally say we're going to have hockey back. Like, it's going to happen. Like, next. The nine day days af- from now? Nine days from now. The day after. Uh, no, not even. Eight days. When we record next week, it's going to be a little more real because it's going to be literally 24 hours before. Yeah. So, uh, and of course, let's dive right. Of course, Chris Johnson's like, you know what? Everyone's bored. Joe Thornton on the first line. Why not? Let's do it. Uh, how do you feel about that? First of all, it's training camp. It's not going to really matter. And second of all, I don't really care even if it goes into the regular season because, like, you you do realize that Sheldon Keith was more reasonable with his line pairings than another former coach, which feels like forever ago when he got fired. And he got fired in November, if I remember. Correctly. November 2019. Yeah. So a little over the one year anniversary. Um, I remember during this time, I don't even remember what happened with the Leafs during this time. I remember. It uh, was, it was the, the last game was one in Vegas where Nick Patan got robbed by Fleury. 
Yeah, I'm and just it thinking, led to Mike Babcock's firing. I'm just trying to think about like what was this like this time uh, last year um, for the Leafs. I don't remember like what if they were playing a game. But anyway, that's besides the point. I'll probably like look it up in my peripheral vision here. Um, but like again, I think a lot of people are just like, I hate this, but I don't hate this. I feel like this is the general consensus here. Honestly, again, I don't mind it. I think especially when you hear that Joe Thornton hit 31 points with his line mates being Kevin LeBanc and Marcus Sorensen. It's going great. <laughs> and uh, just to give you an idea of uh, what both those players did last season, uh, Kevin LeBanc, who uh, took a one-year gamble year. Okay, granted, he had he took a dip. He only had 33 points. It was a minus 33, by the way, which is pretty bad. And then Marcus Sorensen, I don't even think he's in the league anymore. I think he... Like, I think I saw he went to go – yeah, he went to go play in, uh, in Sweden. Uh, he opted out to go play in Sweden. He only had 18 points. So, like, if you're putting Joe Thornton in between both of those guys, like, you're only really feeding one guy the puck. Yeah. On occasion, which is LeBanc. You have mm-hmm. two guys that are – let's be honest, I'm, I'm not trying to, like, blow smoke up anybody's ass, but, like, I think they have a real good chance at winning the heart and also winning even the Art Ross at this point because, mm-hmm. like, they played the Canadian team so well last year. Like, I think the only team that they really struggled against was, I think, maybe Winnipeg? I can't remember. No, no, it wasn't I don't, Winnipeg. It wasn't Winnipeg. I think um, it was Ca- Calgary. Calgary. I Calgary, right. I remember. And they, that, and they blew a lead, I think, against Calgary last they, year. They blew a lead against Calgary, I think, last year. Uh, and then it was also, like, Dave Riddick is insane, I guess, whenever he plays the Leafs. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like now, obviously they got Markstrom, who's arguably better. Um, mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I have I have a really good feeling that like like Matthew's ceiling was this year. He he hit eighty points in seventy games. Like among, keep in mind there's twelve games left, and obviously like you have to keep in mind like we didn't know what was going to happen in those twelve games. But like he was going to hit probably. I I think he could have hit sixty. He was or, definitely no, going to hit. He was going to hit. He was 50. definitely going to hit fifty. Like no, no questions and like, asked. If you look at the Leafs' like last remaining games of the schedule, I think like aside from Tampa, they didn't really have any like. Yeah, sixty amazing. was a real possibility. Yeah, exactly. And like the last player, I think the score sixty was, was Stamkos. Yes, I think it was Stamkos. So this like, is off the top of my head, but so like yeah, like, and then you look at this season, like he scored, he could score forty in in under seventy. Now, you have to keep in mind, you know, obviously they're playing the same guys over and over again. Matthews kills the Habs every time he plays against them and the Sens combined. Um, like, I think he's 10 times. I think something about Matthews playing Winnipeg is also really good. So, like, it's getting to the point where it's like, I have a funny feeling that, like, like, who won the Art Ross last year? I think it was Kucherov. Uh, I think so. It was either Kucherov. Kucherov won it last full season or the pandemic season. Pandemic season. So pan. Oh, it was Drysaddle. Yeah, it was Drysaddle. And that was 110. So and, and Matthews, I think, was. Uh, yeah, he finished. What was it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So he finished in the top ten. So keep in mind, oh, and Finland just scored on my screen. Sorry, I just had to point that out. I don't know if it was Hirovainen or not. That, we'll get to those guys in a bit. Um, but like, 
you know, look at the guys that are going to be on the lineup. Kushra's missing the whole season. You're going to have no Brad Marchand. You're going to have no David Pasternak to start the season. Um, Eichel, who knows what the hell he does. Um, like, realistically, Matthews could probably jump up to top three, and I think he could personally win it. I think the Oilers are still going to be, like, like Messier Gretzky-like with those two at the top. But, like, Joe Thornton, I think, has an, a chance to hit 40 points again. Because like mean, he, in a fifty-six game season, I don't know about about forty, but I'd say I'd say about the same pace of like what a forty-point season would be. And I think like I was a little torn about this because I honestly thought that Joe Thornton would have played maybe third line center and then have mm-hmm. him maybe take faceoffs on the power play because he's so, he's so good at it. But I think what they want to do is, which I think is the good thing, is they want to kind of give more ice time to everybody else and just have Joe Thornton being like, okay, like you know, here's what I normally do when I take a draw, you know, here's, you know, techniques you can work on it. Kind of like, because Matthews and Martyr are the faces of the franchise. Like, yeah. Whether everyone likes it or not, which I know everyone wanted to trade Martyr and throw him into the sun after game five, you specifically, you're not innocent. We, we, we don't talk about that. No, no, we talk about that. Um, <laughs> but I think he has a really good chance to like, okay, is he going to score? Is he going to hit top like 30 assists? Probably. He's not going to be much of a goal scorer. He never really was. Well, he said this year he wants to be more of a goal scorer. And I wonder if that would work. I was talking with Thornton. Oh. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, I think if he wants to, the best way for him to succeed in that is to be on a line with Matthews and with Thornton because you have Thornton there as a setup, man. And then with Matthews there, he's going to draw the attention. And then, oh, look who's open. Mitch Marner. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the reason why, because like when Marner was playing in junior, like no one really looked at Marner for his playmaking abilities in junior. Like I was used to seeing Marner friggin' he lit the Yeah, he scored like 40 goals in almost all of his his well full seasons in London. Like this is a guy who you know shot the puck. Even when he was playing like in the in the world juniors, which feels like forever ago. Like that was like what four, five years ago now? Yeah, yeah. The year, the year that Finland won and Kapanen mm-hmm. scored the wraparound. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I think realistically, like Martyrs hit 90 points. Okay, he's not going to hit 90 points this season, but like 60 again, I think he can. He hit 67 and 59 games. So like he'll hit over 60, I think for sure within that span. But again, like we don't really know. Uh, as far as the rest of the lines, I have a I have a little bit of a critique and a lot of people are kind of agreeing me with on this. Jimmy VC in the top six. Not a fan of that. I would, I know like you can't just hand Roberts in a spot, but I'd like to see how he does in that, in that spot with Tavares. I think Nylander. I think what they're doing with Robertson is, and and I think this makes the most sense. It's like with, with Nylander and with Kapanen, they, you know, sent them right to the AHL because they weren't, you know, necessarily NHL. And obviously, mm-hmm. like, okay, I think Nylander was playing in Sweden and and Finland. And like, I get with Robertson, especially with people that play in in the O and like in the junior leagues, that we usually see them just kind of skip and go straight to the uh, the NHL. But that's usually if they're picked in the first round. Second round. Well, Robertson like, too. Like, I think they would put him in the AHL, but he's not eligible for it because of their dumb eligibility rules. Yeah, that's kind of stupid. North like, American skaters, or no, North American players 
have to be over the age of 20 to play in the AHL. Yeah, it's kind of like with, with Braden Point, because I remember when Point broke into the to play in Tampa, like he was only like he was they sent him back down to junior. And like the problem is with junior, that was a weird voice crack, I just remember. But the problem is with junior is like there might not even be a junior season until February. Yeah, and that's if it and that happens. and that's that's cutting it right because yeah. like stuff's still out of control. So Ontario's still in lockdown. Yeah, and like you know, it's really getting to the point where like we were talking about it coming back in January, but it's like I highly doubt it's going to come back. I think at this point, you might as well just like have the season, uh, maybe like condensed. Maybe like, I think the OHL season is like what usually like three four months anyway from October until like the spring. Do it. It's like a little like, longer than the NHL season in terms of like months. Yeah, because they have the Memorial Cup and they have all yeah, this yeah. other stuff and the the not the Spangler, the, no the and then, no the regular season is because I know they play less games but the regular season starts starts earlier it's in like September. Right, and it's almost getting to the point where it's like you might as well start it in like maybe late March, early April because at that point you might have some kind of like comfortable you know yeah feeling around it because more vaccines would have been would be out. yeah and like you know if they're if you know the plan is that they're going to get long-term care homes and and stuff in ontario by you know the end of the month near the end of the month then like it's like okay who's next and then you kind of speed up that process going forward um yeah. which like again like that's obviously a lot of logistics that we don't have the answers for but like i think with robertson the taxi squad really benefits like the leafs tenfold because they just have so many players so much depth they can, yeah they have so much depth so much players um they basically can throw and i don't think the taxi squad involves waivers does it like you can just put a guy there or send them to there i don't believe so i don't know so, it, was, it was it was weirdly worded how it was like but like with robertson you don't have to worry about waivers anyway so if anything like yeah. he's kind of like that one guy where if they want to move him but then send him back to the to the list he would be exempt i think from like clearing waivers or anything like mm-hmm. that um, well, speaking of the of the taxi squad, one thing I like about that is what they can do with the defense. Because for the first time in God knows how long, Leafs have too many defensemen who can be in the lineup instead of not yeah. enough. Um, like Riley Brody is your first is your top pairing. Obviously, I was a little nervous that they were going to put Bogosian up there with no, Riley. No, but no, but I'm happy to see that Muzzin Hall, Keith shutdown pairing. And the, uh, which, which uh, I expect it to be a pairing. The thing with Keith is he's a more adaptable coach. And this is what you need to have, not just in, in hockey, but like you need this in every friggin' sport. Well, that's what, that's what we were complaining about with Mike Babcock was his lack yeah, of like he was, adapting or lack of even like experimenting. Like that's yeah. why I don't mind seeing VC and Thornton in the top six in training camp because there's no preseason. You might as well try it out. See, see if it works, if it works like a genius, if it doesn't work. Oh, well after like five games, just switch it up again. And then you're and and switch around some players. And then you like, there's so much talent up and down this roster that I don't think there's necessarily a bad, four line well okay there is a bad four line combinations but but you have all this talent might as well try it out see how it works with other people yeah and i think like what they're betting on is like vc hasn't really been like I, i'll give them the benefit of the doubt because like they put a lot of people with with Tava, with tavares like they put um 
Like they it, obviously he was glued with Marner. They put uh, Hyman Tavares. Uh, Marner was a line, I think, at one point. Yeah. Um, uh... Or it was no, it wasn't Hyman. It was uh, I can't I can't remember what that line was like a few years ago when Tavares came here, but like like he's had uh, Janssen played with him. Oh, I think was it Connor Brown. Yes. It, no, Brown was on the third line, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, it's not important. We're going but yeah, not important. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, the team's realizing that they have, like, in reality, they have four legit centers, probably five if you count Kerfoot playing three C. Kerfoot is a center for me. I, I don't think, think you put him yeah. on the wing. I think he's well, best at center. Well, he said he had an injury, apparently, which is day-to-day. I'm not too worried what, about it. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I think what we're going to see is – and this, I'm trying to like, not paraphrase, but I'm trying to like, put myself in Sheldon Keefe's situation. I think what he's doing is he wants a VC because like he's hit 35 points. I think they want to give him a career year, and they figure here, how about you play? You you want to make a lot of money on the open market? Here, play with a top 10 center in the National Hockey League, John Tavares, and he'll be like, shit, okay, because like he wasn't getting that in Buffalo. Something tells well, me that this is gonna work. With VC there. I feel, and even if it doesn't, like, they have a fail-safe. Put him with Kerfoot. They play yeah. together at Harvard. Your, and then even even that third line, too, McKay Kerfoot-Hyman, that's a that's a shutdown line. That's a line you throw out against the, against the Connor McDavid's, against the Elias Pettersons. Yeah, and it's, it's really good. And also, like, I think it's also secretly, like, they're trying to do something with Hyman, maybe cut his ice time, because maybe they want to you know, sign him to a more affordable deal. And I feel like he'd be open to do it because he's such a likable dude. Yeah. Like with all the shit that he's done in, in the city, I feel like he'll be okay with doing it. Um, again, I don't know what's going on right now. For all I know, they could sign Hyman tomorrow for all I know. Um, defensively, I honestly, I only have really one question and that's who plays on the third pairing right side. Well, that's what I was going to get to with the, okay, good. With, so we got with the taxi squad, like, Right now, as it's listed, you have your third pairing being Lettinen, Bogosian, and uh, Sandin and Sandin Dermot as your fourth pairing. I guess your taxi squad pairing, if you want to call it that. Here's yeah. what my gripe with that is: I would put Dermot with Bogosian because Dermot can play on either side. Yeah, that's what that's, I think what they want to do. But the problem is that where do you put Miko Lettinen because they want to play him? Well, I think Sandin and Lettinen would be just like. A, a, a pairing you throw out like imagine both of them on a power play together or like or like that's like a line that you just throw out when like you need a goal like i feel like that that line would be really fun to watch they'll be fun together but definitely not in defensive situations that's for sure I and think then with, with Latin and i think like, i think really like bogosian and dermot might be like kind of like the rotation uh, because like he like I don't know if you've seen what Miko Lennon does in the KHL, but like this dude is such an offensive threat. Like he's in, like, he's got a wicked shot. He skates incredibly fast. His hands are really good. He's like I think they like they call him the the Finnish Bobby Orr, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Or like or like yeah, because he he's fast. He's also pretty bulky. Like he's close to 200 pounds. Like he could he could throw his body around. I think if need be. Um, but like, I think again, with Lettinen, like they have a guy they can put on their second pairing, mm-hmm. uh, power play unit now. Also, Wayne Simmons might get some power play time. I kind of want that second power play, put him in front of the net. Let's do it. Like I said, experiment. Who cares? There's no preseason. He was like the first 
five, six games as your preseason for Keith. See what he likes. See who who works with who. Yeah, there's a lot like, of new faces too. So you just just experiment. Yeah, and this is the season to do so, right? Because like you got all these guys that are on Leaf Men deals, and like the Leafs are obviously, uh, and obviously with the taxi squad, it helps with them being close to the cap because I think like they're only like a million or so above, which isn't mm-hmm. bad. Like you're not like Tampa who literally made deals so they could put guys on LTI. Like you want to talk about the Leafs that did that. Tampa has $97 million they're spending. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, I dropped my phone. <laughs> yeah, like the the Lightning would literally be struggling right now if Kucherov didn't have, a, didn't have an injury, unfortunately. And for anybody saying that they made Kucherov go on LTIR, they did not do that on purpose. You don't make your best player go on LTIR purposely. Yeah. What you do is you do what Lou Lamorello does and you make one of your defenders who's really losing ice time and Johnny Boychuk, let him go on LTIR and retire in quotations, mm-hmm. which do you want to rant about Lou Lamorello? I think you want to, because you went on a nice little thread about it. I mean, yeah. Like the thing is, is it's just, it's just, there's, there's so much like, being said about Lou Lamorello and between versus Kyle Dubas. And I'm just like, I don't see it at all. Like you can't sit here and tell me that Lou Lamorello is the reason for the Islanders success over the last two years. It isn't. If you look, if I give you what he's done in front of you, you'd be like, that's not good. And it's, and it really isn't. I think objectively looking at like, like people look at Lou Lamorello as such a, you know, influential, you know, mind in the business. And it's because he was, but the problem is, is like, as father time has proven, like it's going to outrun you. And like, I don't mean to call him old, but like, like, okay. Like let's He's not, <laughs> okay. He is very old. Um, but let's, let's, you know, let's not discredit what he did do. Like he got rid of the FNUF contract. Like, like that's 2016 Lula MRL. When you look at him, He's good, down. but he's good for that situation. I don't want him running a team that's competing. Yeah, I think like with Lou, like uh, if you look at the Islanders cap situation and like they apparently uh, the consensus was they re-signed Matt Martin to a four-year deal worth 1.5, which is friggin' hilarious because now they don't have a lot of money to sign uh, Matt Barzell. Is uh, Barzell going to get offer sheeted? Don't even talk about offer sheets because everyone says every year that they're going to offer sheet. Like the NBA has more offer sheets because the NBA uh, is fun. Yeah, the NBA the is NBA, a fun league. The NHL yeah, is boring. It is like the only the only team that did an offer sheet was the Habs and they got burned on it because yeah. Carolina was like, oh yeah, we'll do this, but we're going to wait till the last day so you can't sign any other free agents. <laughs> which, by the way, did you see what apparently the 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 Habs? lines were at training camp i didn't oh you mean the best team in the canadian in the canadian division dude they were awful like uh, i think it was i can't remember off the top of my head i'm trying to find i think aaron uh i think eric angles had it okay yeah so here here okay so here's so uh let's see these where is it 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 i can't find it i can't find it okay so I think it changed, but the first one was just awful. Okay, so okay, so this was back on this was yesterday, okay? 
So first line was Jonathan Drouin, uh, Nick Suzuki, Josh Anderson. Anderson on the first line? Yeah. It gets better. Tyler Toffoli on the left side. Jesperi Kakkin... Or no. What's double K? Oh, Kakkinyemi on the second line center with Joel Armia on the right side. Your third line, which should be your first line, Thomas Tatar, Philip Deneau, Brendan Gallagher. Why is that not your first line? If you guys are so good, why are the three players that were objectively the best players for you last year not on the top line? That sounds like that sounds like a coach who's just absolutely big-braining everything. But I digress. Paul Byron, Jake Evans, who I don't even think played a full season last year, and finally, Jordan Wheel. Or no, Arturi Lekkinen. Excuse me, Arturi Lekkinen. Uh, and just to answer my own question about Jake Evans, uh, he is a 24-year-old seventh-round pick who had three points in 13 games for the Habs. Over Ryan Pulig, I don't know. That's a little questionable. I guess Pulig's still battling injury. Their extra pairing was Froelich, Poling, and Jordan Wheel. And that's not even counting the big signing of Corey Perry. Old man Corey Perry. Like, that team that that that's the team that's that that so many people in the industry are saying is going to beat are going to be first place. Like here's the thing. I why not do a line of Druan Dano Gallagher Tatar Kakaniemi Tafoli? That's so much better. I, I don't think, care. It's the Habs. They can they can put whoever. <laughs> I th- I wholeheartedly believe, and I don't mean to say as incentive, this is insensitive. Claude Julien was getting fired last season if the pandemic didn't happen. You know, what I can was see that. Happen. Yeah. So now what happened? Now, they, had, they had they had two or three eight game losing streaks in the season. They had those two eight game losing streaks. They lost to Detroit in the season series. I don't think they beat Detroit once. No, they yeah they were they got swept by Detroit, which was definitively the worst team, the worst and team in, in years. The fact that okay, like obviously, like I, I you know sent well wishes to, to Claude Julien when like he had his health health scare and all that stuff because like it was it was scary. Yeah, um, for sure. But like you know, I don't think I think it's one of those things where and I've said this before with uh, on the on when we do takes with the nose or takes on the nosebleeds. There's no parity in the league. Everything is so transparent. All the coaches have their same strategies, and it just gets rotated. It's a, it's a revolving door of coaches, GMs, yeah. executives. This league There's is like a so, list of forty co- coaches that you can look at. To, it's uh, so it's so stupid. Hire. I honestly believe that if you look at the coaches that are gonna, that are like on the hot seat this year, you got like Julian, Torts, because I think. You know, it's just run its course there. Exactly, it's run its course there. Um, I have no idea who else, like off the top of my head. Uh, I don't even know who. Oh no, Ralph Kruger's in Buffalo still. Um, Blasio maybe in Detroit, just because like he's been there a while and like Eiserman's gonna like probably give him a shot. Um, I think I think you you want to see how he looks with the actual decent team at one point with Blasio. I'm assuming Mike Sullivan's going to get canned this year. That's that's my take on that. 
Uh, hey, and then did if, you see the Pittsburgh line combos? Mike Matheson and Cody Cece. Oh my pair. god! Make it happen. <laughs> I want to happen. see it so badly. Dude. Oh my god! And the fact of the matter is, they want to put Kasperi Kapanen on the first line, and he's not even allowed to travel because there's so much travel issues with Finland. Like it's just oh, so like much that whole stuff. team outside of like Crosby and Malkin. You just look at it, and you're just like this. This team's not good. That are what the Oilers are going to be in three years when Holland takes a full hold of them. Oh yeah, like just dude, it's it's, it's just who cares? We got Dry Saddle and McDavid. That's the, which like okay at least with dry, like they're like oh it's our Messi and our Gretzky. You know what else they uh, Messi and Gretzky had back in the day? Yari Curry, Paul Coffey, Paul Coffey, Jeff Bukaboom. Uh, does Marty McSorley <laughs> count? No, he was just that goon that they always put on the first line for some reason back then. Like they had a core. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, I can't, I think they had like Esatikinen was a big one. If I remember correctly with the Oilers, he won a shit ton of cups with them. Grant Fear. Grant Fear. Yeah. Like they had a core. Yeah. Mike Mike Smith is not getting like, like, okay, let's look at, let's look at Mike Smith and Miko and and Miko. What's his name? Miko Koskinen. Miko Koskinen aren't. That, 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 that's not good enough. They also had Glenn Anderson and Craig Simpson, which were very good. And also Craig McTavish, Edmonton Oilers coach Craig McTavish. Former coach. Former coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. Do you so, want to do you want to make make uh, predictions on the standings? Yeah, I was just do I do want to do each division? No, we'll just we'll just do the Canadian division. Okay. Uh, I think we did this a little before, but now we yeah, kind of but... have a little bit more parity. I'm mm-hmm. going to go... We'll go from bottom to top. I don't think the Sens are on the bottom. No? Like, I don't know. Like, here's the thing. Like, with Edmonton... Like, or not Edmonton. With Ottawa, they have so much youth that's going to, like, break out this year. I think See, for still... me, I see it like... I, I know who's going to finish one. I'm very confident as to who I think is going to finish one and two. Right. And then from three to six, anything goes. I could see anything happening. And then seven, I just think is going to be Ottawa. Yeah. I think like Ottawa is going to be that team that's like, they're going to be a lot better, but they're not going to be. I think they're still going to finish last, but they'll be better. They'll be like, they'll be in closer games. Last in the division, yes. Last in the league, probably not. No. Yeah. I think they'll probably be like, maybe like 20. 28th, 27th, maybe within that range, just because I'm not yeah. really sold on their on their defense through their goaltending. Their offense, though, is legit. And also getting Stuzil, oh, that kid at the World Juniors is just dirty, which we'll get to the World mm-hmm. Juniors in a bit. Um, so okay, so we'll go. Okay, I'll go Ottawa last in that sense. Um second last, the Jets. Winnipeg's I'm not sold on Winnipeg at all. No defense at all. No defense and also lining. Their defense impending. their defense this year is what everyone thought the Leafs defense was last year. Oh my god, yeah. Except if you're, it if actually you're a, is that bad. If you're a Jets fan and you know chirping the Leafs for uh, defense, look at your own and uh you'll thank me later. Um and also like what was their big move? They would have killed for Cody CC last year, but but this year. I'm honestly surprised they didn't sign him, to be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, Winnipeg would be second last. Above Winnipeg, I'll put the Canucks because listen, I thought they had a great season. 
Uh, their defense took a big hit. Uh, they lost to Foley, which really sucked. In hindsight, they should have probably kept him. Uh, Jim Benning really uh, overplayed his hand and lost at the, 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 the dealing table. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't think Braden Holtby is not re- – I don't think he's good anymore. Like, I hate to say that because, like, I loved Holtby when he was in Washington. But, like, dude, he looks flawed. Last year he didn't crack in a 900 save percentage, right? Or is it just – Yeah, over? he was like – he was like eight – Hold on, it was like he I think finished it was like last, 897. It was yeah, 897. You had it. Mm-hmm. I would laugh if like you just look over. It's like oh, it's 897. Oh, I just guessed that. <laughs> no, I just looked it up a few days ago because I was I was wondering. Yeah, uh, above the Oilers will be or above the Canucks will be the Oilers because I mean McDavid goes that over. Yeah, Chico top two centers probably not even going to be top two centers because they're just going to put the two of them together and just let it ride. And they're going to, and, and Dave Tippett's going to, I mean, keep... Nugent, like they're pretty good up the middle. Like Nugent Hopkins is, is pretty legit too. Well, like here's the thing with, with the Oilers, like Nuge is good. I like what I saw at a Cali Moto last year. They're banking on Jesse Paul Yarby to actually have a decent season, which like, I think is possible. Um, like Ennis is good in the top six. If you need him to be there. Um, like the up front, they're not bad. Defensively, like they're not horrible. Uh, I like what they did with uh, with bringing in Barry. I think that was an underrated signing. Um, Him on the on the on the power play with with McDavid. Yeah, like he's gonna hit seven. Mm-hmm. He's gonna hit like forty points probably. I think uh, with those two alone. But Dave Tippett's just gonna keep playing Mike Smith because that's his favorite goalie. Yeah, that goaltending is, is suspect, to say the hey, least. But, he, but he's good. You know why? Because he's from Kingston. And Don Cherry loves Kingston boys. Oh, okay. If you're from Kingston, that means you're just a good hockey player. Yeah. I'll put the Montreal Canadiens next above. Just because so that's third? That's third. Because, look, okay, you did good You did good things. The Perry signing, whatever, it was fine. The Froelich signing, whatever, it's minor. I like, to, I like the Toffoli deal. Joel Edmondson is not a good deal. You still have Ben Sherratt on not a good deal. You have Jake Allen, who's fine, but you're paying a lot of money in that first year. Uh, and, like, what? You're, you're just going to let Victor Mete walk in exchange for two guys on the left side that are friggin' slow and not really good in their own end? Like, mm-hmm. their best their best defender on their left side is, like, what, Brett Kulak? I think. And, like, okay, you have Alexander Romanov, and, like, that's great, but, like, you don't know what you're getting out of Alexander Romanov because he hasn't really played that much outside of, like, tournaments and whatnot. Yeah, like, a lot of a lot of people say, oh, you can't be banking on Lettinen because he hasn't played in the NHL yet. I see a lot of Habs fans banking on Romanov already, but he looks, he looks promising, but he just hasn't yeah. played yet. Right. And like, again, like what carry price are you going to see? Because carry price has not been carried price for the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like every second year recently carry price will have like an okay season. And then he'll just be like really, really bad. Yeah. Like, and like the thing is, is he's, like, he's very streaky. Yeah. And like a lot of people are going to say, Oh, like Freddie was streaky too. But like, yeah. But the problem is that he had no defense in front of him. Petrie and Weber are far better than what the Leafs were last year. So, like, and then that's the thing that scares me about the Canadians is 
if you have a playoff series against them, you just run into uh, Carey Price, who just decides that he's not going to allow any goals in. Exactly. Um, and then two will be the Flames because they're still – I don't think they got better. I don't think they got worse. They're just there. Like, they got a couple depth guys. Tanev's okay. I like the Markstrom signing in the short term. Yeah, in the short term, it's going to work. But then again, he's only really had one, like, truly, like, proved season. Like, 9-10, he's been oh He's been okay as, like, a backup. But, like, this was, like, the first time in, in the playoffs that, like, they really got to see him. And then, of course, the first team is the only team that matters. Yeah. I just no. I, we 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 don't need to go into that. We just mm-hmm. we, we just spent half hour yep. or whatever before talking about it. Um, okay, so I guess I'll go. Yeah, I agree with you. Ottawa will be down at the bottom. I've said it earlier. I just don't think there's enough there yet, and you're asking a lot of people who will be in their first second years in the league. Um, see, this is where it gets tough. Above them, I probably. Say, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Vancouver, just because I like, just because I think Hellebuck is good enough to get them into like the out of the bottom two for Winnipeg. Yeah, and like that's the thing, like their goaltending is sick. I love their their offense, even though like Line is basically out the door. So but I'm like, gonna it's put not, it's not going well. I'm gonna put Vancouver there just because I feel like they got worse this off season. And I don't trust their goaltending at all. I don't trust. Uh, I don't trust Thatcher Demko just yet. And I and Holpe has just is not is not the Braden Holpe from a few years ago anymore. Um, going in to the sixth, no wait, to the fifth spot. Then I'll put Winnipeg. Just I said earlier, just just Hellebuck will not let them finish in the in the bottom two of the division. Number four, I have the Canadians at. Oh, you have a step lower than I do. Yeah, I do. I have the Canadians there just because just because I feel like they're a deep team, but they're deep in the sense of they have three third lines. And, yeah. And, like, they don't really have, like, that line that they can just put on when they need a goal and will get you a goal. And their defense too, but like Petrie and 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 Weber's, it's just like how much more do they have left in the tank, kind of thing. I feel like Petrie's like wine; he just gets better with age. Yeah, I feel like his miles aren't as hard as like even Che Weber's are. Yeah, because like Weber's had like what three surgeries within the last yeah. like couple seasons? Like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, Weber Edmonton. I mean Edmonton is not good at all. Joel Edmondson, he's just oh you boy. Said, you, I love how you just said Edmonton was not good at all. No, and I'm just I meant like, to say well, Joel, Joel Edmondson. Um, and then number once upon a time, they yeah. Were. Okay, so yeah, now third place, I'll have the Edmonton Oilers. They got the cheat code up the middle. Um, their goaltending's a little suspect, but their but their defense isn't isn't bad, and they do have like a they do have like more people like. Like like we said earlier, New just pretty good. They got they got some pieces there in the top six too, other than McDavid and, and Dry Ethan Bear is actually a really good signing. They I like they Ethan just Bear. Resigned him. 
Darnell Nurse is good, even though he's kind of slow, but like he's not really paid to be a fast defender. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a lot of the depth signings they did. Like, like the thing is, is like, like I said before, like their depth, they did a great job at addressing their goaltending. They shot the bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't trust that goaltending at all, which yeah, is why really I sucks. don't see them going higher than third. But like I said, between third and sixth in this division, it can go any way, and I wouldn't be that surprised. Um, very, very true. And second is the Calgary Flames, and and first is the Leafs. We don't really need to say much about it. Yeah, we pretty much nailed it on the head. There's no, uh, there's no surprises there. Um, the only good surprise is that uh, you know, uh, Leafs know how to draft their Finnish players. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Roni Herovainen and Topi Nimola. Remember those names. Mm-hmm. Also, VT Meetinen, I believe, is on the World Juniors as well. No, he's not. Okay, there. No, he's not. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, speaking of surprises, the Toronto Raptors season, though, so oh, far. Oh, sweet Christ. Okay. Um, so, you ever text your family members during sporting events or, like, sporting contests that are going on? I have a cousin who's a big Juventus fan who I always message whenever Juventus loses. So I have a cousin who um, like will talk every form of sport. Like he's not really like into like European soccer, but like he'll watch MLS. Like he's a big Bills guy. He's a big Raptors guy. He's a big Leaf. Well, not as big of a Leaf guy as he was. And he's also a big Jays guy. I texted him last night against uh, the Celtics, and this was after the first quarter because the first quarter they looked great. Oh my God! Siakam was looking like pre-bubble Siakam. It's like Van Vliet was hitting threes. Everything looked like it was going, and it was like, oh my God, where's this team been, been all season? And then just it's it's getting just, to the point where if you dissect all of the team's losses, like the first one, they took the foot off the gas. The second one could have gone either way uh, against the the Spurs. Philly, they should have won. They should have won that game against Philly. There's no excuses there. The, the Knicks, okay, you beat the Knicks, whatever. The Pelicans, again, they should have won that game. The Celtics, they took their foot off the gas again. This was, ga- this was game two. This was game two of the bubble mm-hmm. where they led early and then they choked. Like, I, I, it's getting to the point where, like, uh, like my cousin was upset because of the whole uh, – handling of uh of Flynn putting him in the game uh and not taking him out I agree with that I think they should have taken him out I think it's one of those things where it's like for as good as the core is of of Fred and Kyle and and Pascal and Pascal had a bounce back game last year like or last 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 night and and OG Uh, too I'd say is part of the core I think what it really comes down to is this team really needs to, like, I don't know if it's, like, because they're not playing at home. I don't know if it's just because, like, the the way the schedule is. I don't know if maybe there's a rift in the in the, in the, the locker room or the change because, like, the whole Davis situation was a little rough. And, like, I think Nurse came out and, and kind of, like, said they need more out of, of Davis and they need more out of, of Thomas which I get, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like you kind of need more out of your, your defense. Like, like Aaron Baines, I think was like, I don't know what to think of him. So he far. looks like, 
he looks like he's been a shell of himself of like what he was like last year. Like he just like like I'm not gonna look too much into it so early, just because like it's a new environment and all that, and like shortened preseason and all that. So whatever, I get it. But how much longer can we be saying that about about him or about anyone else on the Raptors? Like, cause cause I think like he's been getting outperformed by the limited time we've seen Alex Len out there. And I think Boucher's had a hell of a start to the season. It's almost getting to the point where like, I have a funny feeling, especially when you're going what one in five, like nurse has mm-hmm. to jumble the lineup up. Like I know they sat Siakam and they won that game. Okay, granted it was the Knicks. And I know like uh, the Knicks are having a better season or start than the Raptors are, but like still, uh, I think they should just say, you know what, give Boucher a starting role in the next game. Like they're playing the Suns and like granted the Suns are like, I think they're one Suns of the are best. good this year. They're the second best. They're tied for second in the West. So like they're, or they're, no, they're tied for first in the West. Excuse me. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. It's literally who it's like, who would you have like, uh, like topping the, the Western conference Like Clippers. Okay. Lakers. Okay. Phoenix. Sure. Why not? <laughs> and like, that's the thing. Like you, if you have like a right core of people, like you could, you could do things. And I think what it's all going to come down to is like, I think, I don't know. I, I don't think this team is ready to tank yet. Um, but like, no, you don't, you don't sign, make the signings they did in the off season expecting to tank. Right. And those players wouldn't probably wouldn't have signed here. If you know, they knew that that's what was going to happen. What scares me is like, you know, like when the, when the Jays, uh, the year after they went to the ALDS or, or CS for the second time, and then they made all those signings and like, they, like, I'm not trying to compare and contrast the two because, like, they're both different. Raptors lost two big guys. Jays really only really lost one. Mm-hmm. So, like, you kind of have that contrast there. But, like, the Jays had an awful start to that season. I don't think if oh, I, I remember, if that. remember that. It was, like, like one in, like, like eight it or was something one like that. In, it was, like, one in 13. Oh, that was it. Yeah, that's better. Or something like that. And I'm mm-hmm. not trying to say that this team is going to do that because, like, I think – their next game against is against Phoenix. I don't know. I don't think they can. I don't know if they can win that game. They should come out like they want to win. Then you got the Kings. They can beat the Kings. Uh, and then after the Kings, you got uh, I'm trying to remember who else. I think after the Kings, they got. I'm just checking right now. I don't want to keep taking time. <laughs> uh, and then they get uh, Golden State on Sunday. And now you're gonna now not only are you were you going to face the team that everyone thought was dead and gone you're going to face the team that just had Steph Curry throw down 62 so mm-hmm. it's going great and like I think like let's listen like even if the Raptors are taking this year I, I don't want to have that conversation yet but if they do like Kyle Lowry's gone at the deadline you think right no for sure which would which would suck I'm gonna cry We'll have a podcast and just and just have like a, it'll just, be a therapy session. Yeah, like it's gonna it's gonna be like one of those things where, I mean, okay, they didn't trade Matt Sundin, but like when Matt Sundin left, everyone was pissed off because oh, they didn't get anything for him. But then also like the guy's leaving, he's not. It's the all time like like the all time greatest of of your franchise. Right, and like I think Lowry's probably cemented himself as like the number two best Raptor of number all time. one. You think over over Vince? Number one. Uh, I don't know. I, number one. One A, one B. 
No, number one. I think one A, one B. No, no. no. Okay, okay. For well, me, it we'll... goes it goes one, Kyle, two, Demar. You're gonna put Demar over over Vince Carter? Just because what he accomplished here. The only thing for Vince is like, don't get me wrong, I love Vince, but but the way he left was a little. Things got a little a little out of hand. Things were ugly. As they do as they do in the NBA. Things were ugly, so. So that kind of like puts leaves a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. So, yeah, it's it's really tricky, um, considering the fact that right now, like like if you look at the Raptors' schedule, like okay, you go after Golden State, you got Portland. I don't know how you're gonna do with that. You got back to backs against Charlotte. Those are two gimmies right there. They dumped on Charlotte in the preseason. Yeah, that I should expect. be two. That should be two gimmies. Then you got the Mavs, who they can beat, because like the Mavs are okay. But like if you shut down Doncic, you're fine. Because with Porzingis being injured, it's just this is Doncic. Exactly. It's just Luke. It's just Luca. Yeah, exactly. Then you got Miami right after that, which is a back to back against Miami, by the way, which is uh, not going to be fun. The thing is, I don't want to count the Raptors out of of any games yet either, just because of like how they played last season. I think it's like one of those things where like they rode a high or like, I don't know. I don't know what to believe with this team anymore. Uh, my favorite tweet was uh, moments after the game, Sid Sixero tweeted the trade deadline is in the middle of March, <laughs> uh, which just goes to show you how he it'll feels. be interesting, especially if they like, who knows, like knowing the Raptors, they can, they can go and pull off a, a 10 game win streak and, and we'll act like none of this even happened. Yeah, exactly. And like it's it's really getting down to the point where like we don't know what's gonna happen between now and and like the what like a week or two from now. Like who even knows? Like mm-hmm. the Raptors, the Raptors might even be able to in the spring. They might even be able to come back to Canada, depending on like how good slash bad the situation is like in yeah. in the US. Cause like we don't really know what's going on. I mean, it's still bad over there, but like I think we have some some room to be optimistic, especially like once we get to like, you know, like the, the post holiday and post new year, like, you know, gathering, but like who, who, who knows what the hell is going to happen. It's, it's such a weird mm-hmm. situation. Uh, what think- do you make of, uh, of Nick nurse doing uh, like publicly calling out, like basically half the team. I don't blame him at all. This is like, he knows what this team can do. Like if you if you know a team could end up the second best team in the Eastern Conference and they start the season one six, and like they were arguably one game away from like back to the Eastern Conference Finals, and against Miami, who knows what could have happened, right? Like he knows what this team can do. I, he's only yeah. been here for like two and a half years, and like okay, granted they haven't faced a lot of adversity in terms of like, you know the team being going on horrible losing skits or anything like that. They haven't had the, the, like a horrible losing skit like they have now, but even still, you got to look at it as, you know, what's like, what, what are we doing here? Like we were all here to, you know, basically try and get another ring. Like we still have the core intact. Do we want to blow up the core? No, we don't. I don't think you move on from Pascal. I don't think you move on. You obviously don't move on from OG. You obviously don't move on from from Van Vliet. And and the, and the and, thing and with and like, if if you don't trade Lowry at the deadline, you bring him back on like a short deal. 
And the thing about the rumors is like all oh, like the like the Raptors want Harden. It's like really Harden's going to be the solution right now. No, first I don't of, want Harden. First of all, do you really think that James Harden would want to come? Oh, I know. Okay, it's in Florida. I was going to say like if they were playing in Toronto, do you honestly? But think still, James like Harden he, would he has two years left on the deal. Yeah, exactly. And like, who knows what this team's going to look like in two years? And here's the thing, because the because of free agency and all that. Well, first we got to bring back Masai, but I'm pretty sure that that the Raptors will get that done. Who knows what the hell is going to happen with, with, with Masai coming back. I don't even know. I don't want to say it's not going to happen, but, like, it's kind of like, you know, you kind of got to expect the unexpected with, mm-hmm. with like, sports because, like, nobody thought that Greg Vanny was going to lose. Yeah, like, no, or, he's or the not, galaxy. Not, not lose, but, like, leave, you know? I don't know. Well, anyways, here's the thing. Right, you look at free agency. You look at the team you have, and you're and you're basically saying to yourself, "We are a player away," which is what they are. Right. The Raptors are a player away, maybe even a trade away, where you don't give up one of the core pieces. Excuse me. You look at um, you look at the free agent market. You see Oladipo there. Whatever. I don't think that puts you over the top, but it's something. But then you hear what Kawhi Leonard said before the season started. And I think there's a real possibility of there being an opportunity to there being an opportunity to bring back Kawhi Leonard. I I don't know. I think like, yeah, like this is the Clippers uh like really their last shot with uh with Kawhi. I don't I don't know if it's really going to like be that way but i think like knowing Kawhi, he's gonna be like like i don't want to stick around if like shit's gonna continue to get bad and if they don't get past the second round who knows what's gonna happen mm-hmm. i think it's two years or well, he has an opt-out after year two right or is it year three after this year he has an opt-out okay and be, from what you said two. before the season started it sounds like he's going to uh to to opt out yeah I, I, I think, like, a lot can change because, like, everybody thought Giannis was gone, especially after they got swept in the – or, no, not swept. They lost in five. But, like, I think realistically we're going to see uh, – I think Kawhi will probably stay. I think Abaka would want to come back. But at that point, it's like, you know, it might be Chris Boucher's team for all we know. And I think Boucher's kind of going to be the guy to take the next step, especially when it comes to – playing center and being that big man and also would be a great story because like him being a homegrown Canadian talent. Oh, from Montreal, but that's what I'm hoping. But like, obviously like, 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 like my cousin and I argue about this all the time. Like, cause, cause Boucher had that game against the, uh, what was the game before the, uh, the Celtics, the, the Knicks, like Boucher went off. And I was like, yo, this is pretty cool. And he's just like, yeah, if the Raptors won a lottery spot. And I'm just like, well, I don't know about that. But it's really, it's really weird. I don't, I don't really know what else to think. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a long season. There's 72 games. Who knows what will happen? Yeah. It's, it's really still weird. lots of time. Anyways, we're. We are already about an hour in, but yeah, the the Blue Jays offered uh, a contract to Springer. 
apparently what was it it was i know it was a five-year deal it was, it was five years but it was under the 150 dollars asking price which for those of you that know how to do math which is totally not me uh because i am actually asset math uh if you divide that by five that's about 30 million a year so i i would like to think that they offered him 25 a year but i saw something earlier that Ken Rosenthal said. I got to find it because I liked it and now I got to go through my, uh, like the stuff that I liked on uh, Instagram. But it was really, really interesting. And I really think that this is something that we need to look at as baseball fans. So yeah, so this is from, uh, this is on 590 earlier today. Uh, so Ken Rosenthal said, I might eat my words, but I think the Blue Jays are getting one of these guys and maybe multiple. I just have a feeling they're too involved and they're too eager not to get somebody they want. So with that in mind, are they going to get George Springer? No. George Springer is not going to come to be a Blue Jay because he grew up in New York. He's a Mets fan. He's like, I think like 20, 30 minutes away from, from City Field. So with that in mind, he's going to want to play in, in, with the Mets. Especially because, like, who are the other names on that list? Uh, Trevor Bauer, who they talked to on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, JT Realmuto, who they've kept tabs on. They also had Liam Hendricks at their facility, their facility, which I would really like because Liam Hendricks, for for many people that don't remember, was a J at one point in time. Uh, I think I remember that. Uh, Good setup guy slash closer. I think he, if they sign him, he's going to be the closer. Oh, yeah, because Giles um, is out this year. And, like, yeah, and they're not going to bring Giles back. So, like, the closer could be Dolis, but I think it's probably going to be uh, Liam Hendricks just because like, he had a good – like, he was amazing the last two years in, in Oakland. He was. Like, he had – and he had – okay, he was more or less the, the closer later in the season because uh, I think Blake Trinan was their closer. But, yeah, once upon a time, uh, the Blue Jays got him. Uh, from the uh, from the Kansas City Royals at the time in exchange for Santiago Nessie, who didn't really turn into anything. So how ironic is that that they got him the same year that they played, uh, or they got him in the offseason before they played the Royals in the ALCS that year? That was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But I guess because like the, the Royals' bullpen at that point was just gross. And like he didn't make that much. He only made like 5.3. If you give me Ken, or if you, not Ken Giles, if you give me Liam Hendricks like three years at, uh, what would that be? Three years at, I was going to say give him three years, uh, eight per. So three years, 24 million. That's a fair number for a closer. Yeah. Like I think that works. And like also, like I think realistically, uh, I don't freaking know who that would be. I, I'm thinking Real Muto might be the guy because like he's the guy that nobody's talking about. He wants to come, come here. I, I don't know. I don't know here. about Real Muto. It's really weird. I think if they get Real Muto, they'll trade Kirk. But apparently, that Cleveland's been calling them about Kirk for like months. So I don't I think would... a, I don't think a Lindor trade is happening. I think that ship has sailed. I think Lindor going to the Dodgers makes the most sense. Um, just because the Dodgers give have, the Dodgers everybody. 
Exactly, right? Like mm-hmm. might as well, right? The Dodgers are gonna be the new Yankees. I totally mm-hmm. think that. Like the Yankees were dominant in the in the nineties and early two thousands. The Dodgers are gonna be dominant in the two thousand twenties, hundred percent. Because their core is great, and then they got like so much youth there. You throw in a Francisco Lindor and lock them up right away, like you did with Mookie. Oof, it's gonna be gross. But as far as like the Jays, I feel like they're gonna get probably Real Muto, probably Order Rizzi. I'll say those two. And I'm gonna say I think they get DJ. I think they get DJ LeMahieu 100. percent I know that's like, a that's a drum you've is, been beating. Because the thing is, is okay. I'll, two things. Number one, I know the Dodgers have been uh, clamoring to get him because you know they they want another power bat or not a power bat. He's not really a home run hitter, but he he gets on base. Mm-hmm. He gets on base. He hits. He's got batting titles, Gold Glove. He's finished in the top ten in MVP voting the last two years. Top three last year. Um, you add him to the lineup, like the Dodgers become even more dangerous, but his defense is not where I think they want it to be. I think what's going to happen is they, the only way that he goes to play in, uh, to play in LA is if he plays third, because they're not going to move Gavin Lux unless they do a trade for Lindor. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you can move Seager to third if you wanted, like you can do a whole lot with that. With the Jays, it's so interesting because he could play he could play every position in the infield but shortstop and catcher, obviously. Yeah. So if you don't trust Vladdy at third, which apparently he had a lot of errors playing winter ball, put him at first and you could put DJ at third. Or if you want to trade, they both played the same position. They can say, Hey man, this is how you do defense. And like I know DJ's more or less a second baseman. But, like, even if you want to go ahead and maybe make a trade for another guy, uh, I read maybe Joe Musgrove could be a pitcher that the Jays want. And, like, maybe mm-hmm. they trade a Randall Grichuk to do it. Uh, I would be okay with that, to be honest. Just because, like, you could have Musgrove going in as your, like, 3-4 guy with a Ryu and, like, maybe a Pearson mm-hmm. and an Odorizzi. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it, it's so... I want everything to just hit the fan right now. Apparently, uh, Sugano, uh, that Japanese pitcher, Sugano, he's yeah. supposedly supposed to make a decision by the end of the week. I think the seventh. Which is that is... the one that uh, the Blue Jays are interested in? Because I know there's two of them. Yeah, it was Sugano, and then it was uh, Hyunsun Kim. But Kim went to the Padres. Yes, that's it. So um, I'm hoping that stuff picks up. I know – uh, baseball free agency is usually slow, except for last year. But like, I really don't know what the hell is going to happen between now and next year and uh, the next couple months. It's weird that it, it better pick up because spring training is going to start uh, if all goes well, still in the middle of February. But like, I still think that spring training gets pushed back and like they start the season maybe in May. Because if they start the season in May, baseball is going to be laughing with fans. Mm-hmm. Because like oh they're gonna God. do it regardless. I was just I was just I was just thinking 2020 was like the first year in God knows how long that I haven't stepped foot inside the Rogers Center. Yeah, I think the last time actually what facility I, I haven't got I didn't go to BMO at all of 2020. Uh I did. I, I, I went I, to I, a, I went no, into, no, no, sorry, no, no, not in 2020. The I only 
stadium or anything I went to in 2020 was the Key Bank Center in Buffalo because I went to go see a Leafs game there. Oh God, yeah, I remember that story. You met uh, you met your buddy, you met uh, old Henny there. Yeah. What a guy. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that shit picks up soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to touch on the World Juniors? And I know you said you wanted to rant, so the mic is yours. Oh, okay. So um, let's uh, let's dive into this. So the World Juniors have been very. A lot of people have been very vocal about the World Juniors for the last, uh, really for the last. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to even say like year and a half. Probably like two years, because like you know, there's obviously a lot of stuff going into it. Um, and the biggest gripe that I had, and I think you can agree, is there's no structure in terms of bringing in new countries. Like you know, with with Germany. Um, and with, uh, with like Austria, Switzerland, Slovakia, like they're thrown to the wolves against like the top teams. And they're just like, okay, like we'll just eliminate them right away. Why not do this? This is so unheard of, right? Why not do two divisions for the world junior hockey championships? You can do division one with your, you, with your Canada's, your Sweden's, your Finland's, your Germany's. And yes, I'm putting Germany there and I'm getting to that in a minute. Your Russia's uh, USA. Your, yeah, exactly. Like make that the group of death. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then you have your group division two for the teams that you want to help grow the game because that's what you want to do, right? Your Slovakia's, your yeah, your Slovakia's, your Austria's, your, your Denmark's, all of these teams that you want to kind of tap into those markets. Because you know the double IHF wants to do that. No, the WHF wants you to believe that that's what they want, but they just want the money. Yeah, that's what they really want. But, like, you know, realistically, they want it for money. And we know Mm -hmm. the president is, uh, like, the president of the WHF apparently is, like, a total, like, greedy prick, which kind of makes sense why Batman doesn't want to really do business with them. But, like, I don't really know what to think. Um, And another thing that I want to say, uh, I don't like blowouts. I think blowouts are boring. Yeah, no one wants to see um, sixteen to two again. Yeah, um, I think the suspensions should be handled a lot better. The Brain Schneider one should be more than a game. I think it should have been two to three, in that sense. But mm-hmm. of course, hockey doesn't know like uh, what to do. And yeah. another thing, this is my last thing. Just because a team did not qualify, it does not mean that they're not ready. Germany is ready. You saw what they did. Like this they is almost beat team. Russia. Yeah, they almost beat Russia in a two-one game. And of course, Damian Cox. They only had twelve shots on goal. Well, guess what? One of them went in, dumbass. <laughs> and second of all, you don't have any right takes. They're in like the Toronto Sun category of just people that are so stupid and have no takes whatsoever in the Steve Simmons club. This is the yeah. same guy. Remember when remember when uh when the uh, when Tampa won the cup and he was just like, Oh, it wasn't as challenging because like, you know, you weren't traveling and you were in a bubble and all this shit and all that shit. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. it's the same game, my guy. 
<laughs> like, what are you smoking? So, uh, like, I just think people mm-hmm. people that are like Ray Ferraro that have played the game should say stuff like that. People that have not played the game, which granted, I have not, you have not at a competitive level, we should refrain from saying that. Yeah. Unless it was like a piss poor effort and they had like, they if they lost like six nothing, okay, I understand. But like, they were good. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. People are just so stupid. Before we wrap up, something really quick. I saw this. This is interesting on Twitter. Um, Joe Pompliano tweeted this. He's not verified, but he's like a sports business writer for readhuddleup.com. Um, he's not verified, but so I don't know how, how true this is. But anyways, to offset financial losses due to COVID-19, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the NBA is considering adding two expansion franchises. What city should they pick? Give me two cities quickly they should expand to. Vancouver obviously is one um, because they tried it and obviously it didn't work, but I think that I would do really well. Uh are you doing it in the context of Canada or are you doing it within the context of everyone? Everyone. Uh, I think Seattle, everyone would say, just because like the Sonics and whatnot. I think that makes the most sense. I feel like Vegas would be one of them just because like everyone's going to Vegas now. In terms of business, what would make the most sense is Seattle and Vegas. Yeah, like Seattle and... Uh... Seattle and Vegas make the most sense. I don't think they'll ever expand. You do Seattle, Vegas, then you move New Orleans to the to the east, which is well, because they're in the west for whatever reason. Yeah, exactly. That one's really, really weird. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. And then if you want to go for most fun, I'd say I'd put Vancouver. I kind of and I still think Michigan. Seattle would be the fun would be the fun way to go, just because. Oh yeah. Just because of the history there. Yeah, like I think that's definitely what uh, what it needs to be. Um, like, there's a lot of room for expansion. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm surprised they haven't expanded to Kentucky, just because like it's a that's good, they it's they're a good... big on basketball there. Exactly. Like, I feel like that would kind of be one. I feel like Kentucky and Seattle, like Kentucky, Seattle, and then Vegas, just because everybody goes to Vegas. That's what I think. Anyways, uh, that's everything. Do you also want to give your condolences to Kim and Kanye for their divorce? Oh, yes. That's something that dropped. Like, we can never get something big that drops right before we record that's sports-related. It's always stupid shit like this. Kim and Kanye getting divorced. Um, Appa- all- oh, shit. What? What? Dr. Dre apparently is, is, has a brain aneurysm. What the hell? Oh, shit. Jesus. Whoa, that's crazy! All right, but uh, yeah, uh, I think that's it for our, our show. Yeah, that's everything. Uh, yeah, as usual, follow the, the Twitter and Instagram at cute underscore city roundup or no, at queen city roundup on Instagram. Yeah, queen city roundup on Instagram at q underscore city roundup on Twitter. Yes, sir. You find both of our um, Twitter usernames or 
Instagram names in the bios. Send us a follow. At us. Make us famous. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to reach 500 followers. I'm only like 14 away. So I'm make it happen. Clo- I'm close to, uh, I believe it was 430 something. <laughs> All right. So yeah, let's get just get us both to 500. And uh, that's everything. So uh, yes, sir. We'll see everyone later. For sure. Y'all take care, stay safe, all that shit. I'm doing something cringy. What the hell? (laughs) See you next week. Easy.